Okay, welcome everyone. Good, good to see everyone's faces. Uh, man, this is a, it's always a special time for me. Every time we get to meet, whether it's Tuesday night or Sunday night, you know, or Thursday night when we get together, it's, it's special, you know. And I think, I, you know, especially with COVID, I, I, you know, and my wife uh, giving birth and all that, man, I miss gathering even more than than ever before, if that makes sense, you know. I was just talking to Taylor about about that, and and, and with, you know, we talked about some people feeling disconnected, you know, because of COVID and all that. And and uh, I tell you what, uh, I, as a pastor, sometimes even I feel disconnected, you know, because you don't get to interact and do as much stuff together with other people. And, and man, that's why God has like tell us, man, do not forsake the assembling of the brethren. You know, it's so important, and I just want to encourage us uh, to always cherish the time that we get together together. And one of the ways that you can do that is, is be present, right? Be, be here, be present, right? Uh, be, be ready to be a blessing. One of the prayers I always pray, like, God, you know, how can I be a blessing to my brothers and sisters uh, at church today? You know, I, I find that prayer so helpful for me because then I'm not kind of focused on what I what I need all the time, if you will. You know, I focus like, man, God, how can you use me to be a blessing unto others? And then the focus is on other people. The focus is, you know, edifying other people. And what I find is the result is I get encouraged myself. I get edified myself, you know. So I pray that uh, we would trust God to do that, you know, every time. Uh, we get to gather together, whether it's like Tuesday night, Thursday, Sunday, uh, or, or any other small gathering. Let's let's be present. Let's make our our affection known to one another. Yeah, you know. So so uh, I got a couple of things I want to announce uh, before we jump into Nehemiah. Okay, so. Uh, the first thing is uh, Zoo. Uh, so, so you you know that uh, we had to cancel our welcome party because like two days before we had like a a mini like a COVID exposure situation, and uh, a lot of people that were involved with the welcome party were part of that group, you know. And so we, we conferred with one another and decided maybe it's best not to, and we did that. But it's you know what, it's okay. Uh, we're going to have the Zoo Day, right? We do that in conjunction with Kaya. Uh, and, uh, you know, Kaya uh, has uh, organized that, but I, I was mentioning this to Andrew, and I think the, the, the leaders group as well, is that, uh, man, we want to be serving, right? Remember that, that prayer I just mentioned, how, how can I be a blessing, right? We want to be serving during that time. And so one of the ways that we can do that is just, Number one, invite someone, right? Invite someone so that you have someone to serve, <laughs> right? I mean, of course, we can serve one another, but man, invite someone to come. Yeah, you, you know, people are bored to death at home, right? And so, man, invite someone that maybe you, you kind of lost touch with a bit and invite them. Hey, we're doing a zoo day, kind of very low commitment thing and plenty of space to spread out. Right, it's it's only like uh, like what thirteen fourteen dollars. It's nine dollars for a ticket, like three dollars for the picnic meal, and so it's really nothing, right? And again, it's not too 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 um, risky because there's a lot of 
uh, social distancing that can happen, and, and then people are encouraged to wear masks. So we always want to tell people all our activities, we, we try to be uh, safe, or at least safer, right? And so that people are like, oh, okay, we're not doing this crazy party where everyone is like shoulder to shoulder, as uh, like we see on TV or some of the parties. So we always want to tell people about that. But can we do that? Yeah. Well, this is how we can be a blessing, uh, is invite people. And then secondly, you know, as people come and, and gather, you know, at the zoo, man, let's, let's do that. How can I be a blessing? How can I show myself friendly? That's another big one. Like people that maybe you don't know and you can show yourself friendly. That's another good way to be a blessing. And then third, uh, as we adjourn from the picnic to, uh, from the zoo to the picnic, um, then people will start like putting uh, tables and food and whatever that needs to be done and you see that the hands are moving, the legs are moving. Man, if you're not talking to someone, right, man, there's enough people we can, some of us can just go and help, you know, with whatever that needs to be done and so it gets done faster. Does that make sense? So we can be a blessing, you know, so there's no like official delegating, like welcome party, we got this team, that team and everything. But you know what? You can always be a blessing, right? In any activities and event. And I want us to do that uh, and, and, you know, always, but also that we're going to use that as a platform to welcome the students as well because we didn't have a welcome party, right? So we're going to use that platform to say, welcome, you know, we haven't seen you, first time seeing you, welcome to the U.S. and uh, welcome transfer student or welcome new local students, glad to meet you and everything. And we're kind of using FOI. Uh, as a, you know, kind of banner because some of the people that we invited are through the FOI connection, like the, the, the emails that we got from the school, uh, the, the virtual orientation from the school and so on. Does that make sense? So, so we'll, we'll do that a bit, but I hate to just, for FOI to come in, not get our hands dirty and just announce something, right? Uh, we need to get our hands dirty and, and you know, figuratively speaking right and then man it's like man I'm vested in this the more vested I am in something the more like mm, I'm part of this right uh, same thing man when we clean the church the next time you're like oh man I shouldn't make that place dirty because I'm I, I, I clean that you know you clean the toilet like oh okay I'm not gonna for guys put peel the place right oh because I clean it I don't want someone to you know have to clean my stuff it's gross right sorry a big graphic there uh, but you know what I mean, like you feel vested when you clean, you do the work, and then you, you feel like I'm part of it, you know, versus just being a guest, alright? We don't want to be spectators, we want to be participators, we want to engage, we want to be a servant, we want to be a blessing. And so, does that all make sense? Okay, we can do that for, for picnics, so, you know, we can do the locusts, but we have like spread apart locusts. Uh, and, and do whatever needs to be done. Welcome everyone, you know, prayed up so that you are in a good place, you know, to be there, man, you, you know, and, and God is like leading you as you speak, if you will. Okay? Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, second thing here, um, Andy Lee from Taiwan. I don't know whether he's online or not. Is he online? No, he's not online. He is. I see it. No, and yes, no, yes. Okay, and, anyway. So, anyway, he is leaving temporarily back to Taiwan and coming back in December. So, here, here's what we can do. Um, since we can't say uh, something to him online, can everyone just, like, text uh, Andy Lee 
can someone can can we flirt his text uh, inbox really quickly like just hey you know safe journeys we will miss you everyone just like take take one you know 10 seconds can we do that right now real quick so because you're gonna forget it right just do that real quick uh andy lee from taiwan again man it's one of those things he, he has to go back and then he's going to come back to longview college because of visa things but uh, it's so neat when when you feel like you are missed you know he want he wants to be here but uh there is like um you know he has to be tested and all that so if he gets exposed and they ask him questions then he gets in trouble so that's why he couldn't uh, be here with us tonight so uh, but text him he, he he definitely feels like oh you know uh, i want to get more connected so thank you for doing that if you don't have it right now do it later as well but if you can do it right now that's andy lee he's leaving september 15 to california to visit a family and then and then going back to taiwan on the the 20 28. okay uh now i gotta the there you go thank you uh all right Okay, I got a last request. Okay, last request. And, and, and this request is for Eric Phillips. Okay, Eric Phillips is a dear brother. I love that brother. I just spoke to him on the way uh, here to church. And uh, just, yeah, I just miss him. You know, I, I feel, uh, if you don't know, Eric Phillips has uh, COVID and then pneumonia. And then on, on top of that, uh, the, the blood uh, infection thing. And so... Uh, the good news is the white blood count is stabilized, if you will. Uh, you know, but the thing is, there's still kind of respiratory issues, and because of that, like he can't stand up. Is there's not enough energy uh, to do what he needs to do, and so I'm like trying to like, hey, what can I bring you to eat? I, you know, but but when you can't breathe well, like your appetite is not completely there, yeah. Uh, so I thought, okay, why don't we do a special greeting for Eric Phillips? Can we do that? Yeah. Okay, so all we have to do is you're going to shout, We love you, Eric! And then that's it. Okay, oh, we love you, Eric, we're praying for you. Okay, is that cool? Can we do that? Like, like. Okay, let, let, let's test that. One, two, three. Man, that's weak. Come on. Come on, you can do better than that. All right, okay, this is the real one, okay? Okay, wait, wait, let's, let's, let's see if I can get real one, okay. Did I get real one? Okay, there you go, there you go. Okay, the mic, the microphone is here, so you gotta do better, okay? All right, one, two, three. Brother, we love you, we are praying for you. Hang in there, okay? Why not? Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm gonna send that to you. Okay. Okay, done. Sweet. Uh, I'm sure that that means something. Oh, the second thing is, uh, we have a card made, and I should say, Simon. Uh, had a card made uh, for Eric, and that's going through the rounds. And so, if you didn't get a chance, if that missed you, right? Uh, please uh, make sure you get a hold of that card and and write something there. Okay, it's it's really encouraging to get a card, and it's filled with a meaningful like affection, you know. And I, man, I really miss Eric. 
and really like uh, I, I hurt for him, you know, being being in the hospital uh, for so long. And so, uh, God forbid, you know, something happens, I would just like I can't take it, right? So I'm I'm, I'm praying fervently for him, and we we all should do that, amen. Okay, so make sure you get that card, write something uh, on there. Um, cool. So, let's jump into Nehemiah. Okay, let me get some water. Mm. Okay, let's pray again. Um, Father, I thank you again uh, for your word and uh, thank you for your Holy Spirit who constantly wants to mold us into the image of Jesus Christ and uh, Lord, you're good. You've given us the full counsel uh, through your book and, and Lord, I, I pray that we don't miss anything tonight because we are somewhat distracted from something. Uh, Lord, help us to be Focus, help us, uh, most importantly, to have faith. Uh, and, and Lord, that we would be, be like that woman with the issue of blood that was able to touch your garment and be made whole. Uh, Lord, we want to have that. We want to not meet in vain. Uh, we want to meet because we want to meet you. Uh, we want to know your word. And so, Father, I pray that your word would go forth strongly. And that, Lord, you would give uh, me free course through the power of the Holy Spirit to, to kind of preach uh, what you have shown to me. And, uh, Lord, would you guide that? Would you lead our heart? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the book of Nehemiah. book of Nehemiah is one of the uh, last Old Testament stories. Uh, and uh, it's, um, as we talked about Nehemiah, uh, the context of Nehemiah is that, again, uh, the children of Israel rebel against God, okay? And that has been a constant cycle, and this time it kind of went really bad, and they seek after the idols, and, and God just had enough, and then, uh, you know, they were uh, deported into captivity uh, after the nation of Israel was split into two. So that you have the northern Israel that has ten tribes, and then you have the southern Israel, two tribes, okay? And so one was in captivity for 200 years, the northern Israel, and then the southern Israel was in captivity with Babylon for 70 years, okay? So again, the people wanted to seek idols, God gave them to them, right? Like here, central idol country, have it as much as you can. And of course, every time that people, right, anyone, us, get our ways, never... A good thing it's never a good thing and so uh, in the book of Nehemiah we see that there's a guy called Hanani and his brethren uh, from Judah came and visited Nehemiah who is a cupbearer for the king of Middle Persia okay it's very interesting because Hanani right we see in, uh, in, in chapter 1 means that God gives grace Isn't that amazing that's his name Hanani means God gives grace and then, and then Hanani was the one who gave the message of how the children of Israel was doing. They were, they were afflicted. They were reproached because the, the, the walls of the city of Jerusalem 
was in ruins. The gates to the walls are burned down. And so we talked about that last time and how because the walls are down, you know, anyone and everyone can come in and attack and affect their, their living, right? And so they have no stability and, and also their identity uh, is, is a reproach to people because they're supposed to be, right, the, the, the chosen people, right? And now, I mean, look at the city. They have, like, no protection from God, right? And, and God predicted that and said, hey, if you... If you chase after other gods, that's that's what's gonna happen. And now they, they feel that full brunt and they, they 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 you know the children of Israel experienced that for hundred and forty years, seventy years uh, in captivity, and then another ninety years, which sets the scene here in Nehemiah chapter one, when Hanani visited uh, 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 Nehemiah. It was hundred and forty-three years after uh, 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 captivity, if you will. And so, so Nehemiah's name is that Jehovah comforts, right? So you got Hanani, right? Which is, uh, 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 Hanani is that God gives grace. And then you have Nehemiah is Jehovah comforts. Is that good? Is that cool? Yeah. Right? We already, very, in the very beginning, we see that God is going to do something great here. Uh, God is going to rebuild the life of the nation of Israel through one man, right, who had a vision, right, who had faith. And, and so chapter 1 is full of these um, nuggets of truth of seeing this prayerful man in Nehemiah. And, I, and that's what I, uh, we talked about the last time we, we met, and we're going to continue talking about that, right? Because, because Nehemiah, remember, he was faced with a situation that was overwhelming, right? That was beyond his ability. That was beyond his control. Have any one of us had that situation in our life where it's just so overwhelming? It's beyond our control and we don't know what to really do. And, 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 and we see this example from Nehemiah, man. Just the way he, he addressed that concern, that overwhelmingness, right? The suffering of God's people, right? Is, is so encouraging and it's a model. It's a model for us to follow, right? And, and we saw how uh, Nehemiah was a man of compassion. A man of compassion because he, he heard the suffering of the people and he sat and he wept. And he mourned, the Bible says, certain days, and then he decided to fast. This really affected him, right? We talked about that the last time and how sometimes we can get so indifferent, right? We, we can get so indifferent. We have no feelings. When something bad happens to someone, it's like, okay, you know, life happens, you know, Murphy's Law, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And we lost that compassion, right? And, and man, God forbid, right? We need to trust God. God, I want to have that kind of heart. Because that's your, your heart. That's Jesus Christ's heart. Jesus was, was always and will always be compassionate, always merciful, always gracious, always go after that one sheep that left. Right? Waiting for that prodigal son to come back to him. You know, that's God. I mean, it's like his, his capacity to love people, to empathize, 
right? He's a high priest that knows our infirmities. It's that there's nothing that you and I feel that he doesn't understand. Because the Bible says he, 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 he experienced all of that. I don't know how exactly, but do you know that the Bible doesn't record everything that Jesus done? So, okay, so he did everything, okay? He experienced everything and it's so cool that even though no one understands what I'm going through, God does. You know, God does. And then Nehemiah, Jehovah comforts. Oh, what a, what good news that we have. He wants to rebuild the life of people, right? And so, so, so we saw that last week that this man is rooted in prayer. Rooted in dependency on God. And that's, and, and, and that's what we want, right? That's what we want in our life. Whether COVID or no COVID, man, that's not our last resort. That's always our first resort. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, many times it takes an incident to provoke us to come to that place. You know, and I thank God, even for COVID, that we can get on our knees and, and cry out to the Lord. I said, God, we, man, we need you. You know, Lord, I need more fellowship. Lord, I need accountability in my life. Lord, I need, like, leadership covering in my life, you know, and so on. Lord, I, my spirit is all over the place. I, I, I have no control and rule over my spirit. I, I'm so easily triggered in my life. I go all over the place every time and... I can't even focus on the things that I need to focus. Well, the good news is God can can comfort you, right? This whole book of Nehemiah uh, is, 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 well, the first seven chapters talks about rebuilding this wall. And then the, yeah, the chapter eight and then so on talks about rebuilding the people, right? Once, once the wall is set up. So there is something about like getting our spirits build up first, getting those walls built up first, and then there is a revival. We talked about that uh, the last time as well. So we're going to continue in verse 11. Verse 11 of chapter 1. Okay? And and so so um, so Nehemiah fasted, prayed, uh, all of that, you can see that in verse 4, all the way to, to verse 10, and then verse 11, after he, he, he done all of that, he he, he, he prayed the promises of God back to God. Like, God, you promised this. If we turn back to you, you know, you're going to restore us. And God, we want that, right? And then now, in verse 11, we see that, that Nehemiah now kind of switched gears a bit. And he asked for a specific prayer. Okay, and we're going to look at that in verse 11. It says, O Lord, I beseech thee. Let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Okay, very quickly we see that this man is the king. Okay, uh, for I was the king's cupbearer. Okay, so he's praying a very specific prayer, right? He's going to approach the king regarding this matter, okay? So, so this is a big deal, okay? This is a very big deal 
for two reasons. For two reasons, okay? Number one, Nehemiah's jaw is at stake. Do you know that? Nehemiah is not in affliction. Nehemiah is not in reproach. Nehemiah is, is living the life. He's like a high-ranking official in the palace of Susha. He's good. He's eating good. He's eating steaks. He's drinking wine. All is well. Why take the risk, right, to go to the king and bring this issue towards him? And you know, right, this is, this is, uh, this is not a, uh, 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 the, the, the protocol to approach the king. Okay, so, so for some of you who don't know, okay, in the, the Persian Empire, as we have seen in the book of Esther, even Queen Esther, right, Queen Esther, the wife of the king, cannot approach the king at any time. That's the protocol. Okay, that's the protocol. The king has to invite you to come into his presence. Okay, so, so there are things you don't just like, hey king, I got... Man, I got a couple of things I want to run by you, man. And uh, hey, you know, you, you don't do that, right? Uh, so this this is risking his 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 career, his career. I mean, again, he has it made, and he's risking his career. Why not just like, why not just like pray a prayer and be done with it, right? Why not like maybe write a check? Okay, there's no check back then. Why not like send some money? to the, the friends in Jerusalem and be done with it. It wasn't enough, right? It wasn't enough because this, this man, as we talked about, is a man of prayer. He's a man of compassion. And through that prayer, God continued to embolden him to pray like big prayers, right? Big prayers. You know, we, we talked about this is, this is a big deal. His career is at stake. His life is at stake, okay? Career and life is on the line. So we can say truly that Nehemiah puts his neck on the line in this prayer. You know, he's asking God for something uh, very risky. Very risky. Do we all see that? Okay, and, and if you don't, follow me. Okay, we're gonna see the story here and, 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 and see how, how the king react and how he react when he met the king. Okay, so most prayers are good, okay, because they are prayers that are not good. Repetition prayer uh, and, and vain prayers, they're not good. Most prayers are good, but the most mature prayer involves a genuine personal stake in it. Our personal stake is in it. Does that make sense? Okay, maybe not. Okay, let me give you an example. Consider Paul. Consider Paul. Okay, let's, let's look at Romans Chapter 9 and verse 1. Excellent. I say the truth. Okay, this is Paul. And this is his feeling. This is how his feeling is towards the people that he ministers to. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. This is, this is true of Paul. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Do you understand what he's saying? He's saying, I'd rather myself to be a curse for my brethren, 
I'd rather go to hell for my brethren. God. Wow. Talking about putting his neck on the line. I mean, this is not just the neck. This is like an eternity neck on the line. Okay? Uh, consider Moses. Exodus 32, 30. Uh, and it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, You have sinned a great sin. Fast forward to verse 31. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou will forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. Okay, you see that? Moses, Paul, and of course the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever has sinned against me, him will I blot. Okay, but do you see these men, like Moses, like Paul? These are mature men, mature men of God, okay? So, so, so key point number one, key point number one. Let us trust God to mature in our prayers, right? That we are compelled to put our personal state down, Okay? that we are also compelled to put personal stake down, okay? So, so if you have some skin in the game, some skin in the game, okay? So, so it's like, okay, maybe I'm not ready like Paul and Moses is. You know, oh, man, I'm not ready to give up my soul for someone else. Okay, okay, I understand that. Maybe we're not there yet. But can we trust God for little things? even, that has a personal stake down. Maybe consider a friendship, right? So if I, you know how it, how it works in, in, at work and so on, sometimes we don't trust God with, with boldness to share what we need to share with a friend or a family or a co-worker because we, we, we are scared that we'll lose that friendship, right? We, we are scared that we're going to, uh, affect that relationship that's already doing so well. Why, why, why mess that up? Does that make sense? We got a good thing going on here. If I talk about God, I talk about my 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 walk with God, and suddenly this relationship is at risk. And brothers and sisters in Christ, I say yes. Why not consider that? Right? Why not consider that? It's worth it. It's mature prayer. Again, I'm not asking us to conjure up. You know, you know, a, a fake type of uh, uh, righteousness. Oh God, I'm gonna give you my life. But small stuff, right? Maybe start with small, a friendship, right? A grandparent that that sometimes is just hard to speak to because naturally grandparents has all the answers, but grandparents is not safe, right? And I'm willing to risk that to share. The gospel to that person, knowing that 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 relationship is is going to be affected. I did that, you know, with my I, many of you know, with my grandpa, with my grandmothers. I did that. Two of my grandmother got saved as a result of that. And people are like, oh man, you know, I, I, God gave me many opportunities with old people, you know. Uh, uh, but I'm like, you no. Know, oh, I heard you're good with old people. You know, can you share it? Uh, with my grandma, you know, I have those requests before. I'm like, man, I'm not really good at it, man, but I trust God to be bold, right? To, to put 
some skin in the game, and that's all, right? And, uh, and, and they can say no, but they, may, they might say yes. But you know what? That prayer pleases God. That prayer pleases God. Nehemiah's prayer pleases God because that's God's heart. God's a big God, okay? So, so, uh, so can we do that? Can we trust God in that? God, I want to trust you to ask permission from my, from my manager to speak the gospel to him or her. God, I want to trust you to ask permission to speak the gospel to my parents, to my uncle, to my aunt, right? We want to do that with, 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 with uh, courtesy, so we ask permission. We're not just going to like, oh, you, I'll tell you, you know. Uh, but man, we ask permission. Hey, man, God is doing something in my life. Man, can I share something about what God is doing in my life? And then maybe that leads into like some, some interest in spiritual things. Hey, can I share with you how God changed my life? You know, and then, you know, there you go. You know, so always with courtesy. Okay, let's move on. Um, uh, verse 11 again. So I want you to pay attention here to uh, the prayers of thy servant, okay? And to the prayers of thy servants, plural. You see that? Okay, again, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant, that's him, Nehemiah, and to the prayers of thy servants, okay, multiple, probably Hanani and the other brethren, okay. So, so what we see here is Nehemiah has rallied other people to pray with him. You see that? Because at first in verse 4, man, it was just him. It was just him sitting down, mourning, fasting, crying out to the Lord. And then his, his, his buddy is like, man, what's going on? Man, man, it's chill. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> Looking at Larry, that's his, that's his thing. Like, hey, you know, because we're used to it. It's been a hundred years. We, we've been living like that. It's always like that. But, but for Nehemiah, it's not okay. It's not okay that the people of God live like that. Right? And so now his prayer is, is contagious. Right? It's affecting other people around him. And they're like, yeah, man, we got to pray too. We got to pray too. You know, I, I remember uh, Miyoko, you know, uh, a, a Japanese student. And, and uh, man, she... she told me about Penn Valley, you know, and, and like, man, she, man, she's so excited about Penn Valley, and she, she can't stop talking about it, and every opportunity he had with me, is like, man, look, man, we gotta do something, God is showing me this, God is showing me that, and it's a result of that one person, we got other people to pray, and then we rally other people to come, to take action, to do ministry in Penn Valley. You see that? You see that? You know, I remember like like Connor, right? We talked about KU and she was excited about KU and how God has blessed her with that 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 privileged role of being a doctor and how it was all God. You know, if you know her story, it was all God and man, she wants to be a blessing. And she's excited that God has providentially placed her there. And she wants to be a blessing and, and because of, of that zeal 
right, to pray and to ask God and to seek God for KU. He, she, you know, she rallied other people to come and pray with her. And now there's a WhatsApp group, like 40, 40, 50 people that are praying for KU. No other Bible studies has that. Isn't that cool? I mean, uh, man, that's how Bible studies should be. Man, we should be like rallying because there's one person who say, man, we, I cannot rest until God does something with this campus, with this place, with this person, and I'm not satisfied. My prayer, I'm going to ask other people to join and cry out to the Lord. You know, certainly God is going to hear us. And so the way that you see the wording of Nehemiah is like, be attentive, Lord. Be attentive. You know, he wants to get God's attention. God, please pay attention. Please hear my prayer, right? Not just me, but but thy servants, right? And God's like, okay, now you're getting on me, right? Now you're, mm, that's hard. Now this, is, this is the whole situation. Remember how uh, Lot was negotiating with God? God, if there's five righteous, man, please spare them, you know? So there's something about rallying other people to pray. But you must first be, be, be sold out, right? You must first be that compassionate person that, that, that is genuine, right? It's not just like, oh, okay, everyone's doing it. I'll do it. I'll start a WhatsApp group and I'll invite people. And actually, I'm not that interested, but since everyone's doing it, it's cool. And if I got like 60 people, my prayer group is bigger than yours. You know, so that's not the goal, right? The goal here is genuine mourning and, and compassion for, for the things of God. And that is contagious. That is contagious. So, key point number two. Our prayer life should be contagious to other brothers and sisters in Christ. See, this is maturity. Our prayer life should be contagious to other brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, is your prayer life contagious? Oh, it's just, you know, not really there. Right? I don't have time. I'm not really provoked by anything that I see. I don't. We need to repent. You know? And, and, and practically speaking, right? When we are, when God shows us something, man, we can't stop thinking about it and talking about it at every opportunity. You know? Again, this has to be the things of God, not just something else, if you will. Okay? Now, now let's move on here. Verse 11 again. And this time, I want us to look at that phrase here. And I'll, I'll, I'll keep reading. Uh, Let now thine ears be attentive to the prayers of thy servant and to the prayers of thy servants, plural, who desire to fear thy name, colon, and prosper. See? Okay? So, so look at that colon. It's placed right before prosper. Okay? What does colon means that punctuation is, 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 is of expectation. What's going to be expected, right? This is what I mean, okay? So, so prosperity is a direct outcome or byproduct, if you will, of fearing His name. Prosperity is a direct outcome or byproduct of fearing His name. The reason why the children of Israel is in this state of reproach and affliction is because they have lost the desire 
to fear the Lord. They have lost it. They have, like, they've been blessed, right? Does that sound familiar to you? When we get blessed, right? Like, oh man, at one point I was like all about God. My love for God was strong. And God starts to bless me, right? And my resources and my assets and everything. And now, what happened? I got complacent. I got comfortable, right? And my prayer life suddenly fades away. Like, God, I got this. I got this, you know? And, and suddenly, we have lost that desire to fear the Lord. What is fear of the Lord? It's a high level of respect, right? It's a high level of respect and reverence for the Word of God, His warnings, His promises, that it is good to understand that we have to take Him very seriously, right? That's fear of the Lord. It's a healthy fear, not the one that He's going to smack you on the face kind of fear, right? But that healthy fear that we have to take Him seriously. His promises are good. But, but of course, the children of Israel went after other gods. And so for us, the other gods are what? Materialism, right? Materialism. We make materialism our gods, our car, our a person and, and, and so on. Pleasure. Pleasure. I should say pleasure is probably more a person. Right? Pleasure. And then and then self. And then self. Me first. Me first, God. I'm God. I'm God. Me first. You know, then God. You know. And and we that's how we apply it to our current dispensation. That those are our gods. We don't have these idols physically, but we have idols. Right? We have idols. And because we have idols, we lose the desire to fear the Lord. So now I want to make a, 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 a inference here. If Nehemiah's desire was for the wall to be built, and the wall is a picture of our ability to rule over our spirit, you follow me? Okay. Then the blueprint to rule over our spirit begins by fearing the Lord. Does that make sense? Okay, if Nehemiah's desire was for the wall to be built, and that is a picture of the ability to rule over our spirit, the walls are built, right? Then the blueprint to rule over our spirit begins by fearing the Lord. That's why we see in Psalms 86, 11, the psalmist says, Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name and when you fear thy name right then you're going to take God seriously you're going to take God seriously you're not going to like oh okay yeah I can compromise I can com no you can't compromise you have to take him seriously Joshua 1.8 you know this really well S similar idea this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Prosperity is a result of fearing the Lord and taking Him seriously. You see that? Okay? And so, so, key point number three. We need to be persuaded that true prosperity comes from and begins from fearing the Lord. 
Again, we need to be persuaded. True prosperity comes from and begins from fearing the Lord. I mean, I don't think there's anyone in this room that says, I don't want to have prosperity. Right? I don't think there's anyone in this room that says, I don't want prosperity. Right? Everyone wants prosperity. And you know what? God says, yes, I want prosperity for you as well, but not the kind that you're looking for. Right? And God knows the better prosperity. And that's what he's saying. Please, because I'm your father, I want the best for you. Your prosperity is actually bad for you. And if we don't understand this concept, that, that's why I use the word true prosperity, right? True prosperity, as in the real spiritual eternal prosperity. If we understand that to be the gold standard, if that is truly the gold standard, if we really get that, then wouldn't we actually see things that are eternal? The reason is because we don't really, really, really see that true prosperity, right, is as defined by God. So we don't, we still kind of, you know, in the fence. And so we need to understand that true prosperity comes from and begins from the Lord. And if we see that, man, we want to seek after that prosperity that God has promised to us. Okay, let's 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 move on to chapter two and verse one. And it came to pass in the month Nisan, not not Suzuki, not Honda, but Nisan. Uh, in the twenty years of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him. And I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now, I had not been before time sad in his presence. Okay, we talked about this, right? Uh, you know, that, that Nehemiah was a cupbearer. His job was to uh, make sure that the, the, the king doesn't get uh, poisoned, you know, so they have a cupbearer. It's a very high-ranking official. Is someone that the king absolutely fully trusts and is a confidant because it, you know you have to eat all the time, right? And, and have wine all the time. And so this person will test all that and know that hmm, something is wrong with this. And so this is someone that's trusted. Okay. And and but what I want you to, to know about chapter two, verse one first, is that the month of Nisan, when you compare that to the, the month of Chislu in chapter 1 and verse 1, is about four months, the equivalence of about four months. So when we started the story, and Hanani came and shared the news, and then, and then and Nehemiah started to pray and weep and mourn and fast and rally other people to pray and everything. From verse 11 to now chapter 2, Four months have elapsed. Yes? We get that? Four months. So that's how you know if you look at the, 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 the calendar of Chislu and Nisan, that's about four months, okay? And that's about, you know, roughly about 120 days. 120 days, right about there. Okay, spoiler alert. The time they took to rebuild the wall is 52 days. 52 days. So it took twice as long 
to pray and wait on the Lord to the actual work of rebuilding the wall. You see that? Okay? And, and I want us to pray, uh, pay attention that once, once uh, Nehemiah prayed, and, and I'm sure he continued to pray, he did not try to force the situation at the first opportunity. You see that? So it wasn't like next day, oh man, I'm fired up, man. I, I need to tell the king what's going on and he's going to fix it. Or I'm going to fix it. If he doesn't do it, I'll do it. Right? He wasn't like, like doing that. He's like, no, God has to act. God has to intercede or else, you know, we, we sang that song. Right? Unless the Lord what built the house, we labor in vain. He understood that song. He really understood it. That's why he didn't take matters into his own hands, although his prayer took matters into his own hands when he put his neck on the line. God, I want to speak to the king, but I don't know when. I don't know when is a good time. So he didn't. He didn't do anything. In fact, what we see is the prayer of the saint, meaning him and others, that, 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 that was triggering the response of the king. How so? His countenance was that never before. We saw that in verse 1. Okay? Verse 1, uh, verse one says, Now I had not been before time sad in his presence, never before. And this is another protocol. When you are with royalty in Persia, you don't put your, your moody attitude with the king because that's like, right? That, that's not acceptable. That's the protocol. So, like a job, right? You can't bring, I mean, we do. <laughs> but mostly, if you're professional, you shouldn't bring your attitude to the job. Right? I think we, we get that. Right? But with the king, I mean, you surely, if you're not happy, you better be happy. You better be happy. Does that make sense? So, this is very important. You've got to understand the historical context of what's going on here. But you know what? Because the prayer and the mourning, and all of that has worked, worked into Nehemiah that he can't even conjure up that smile. You, you follow me? Right? Like the, the prayer and the burden is like, like, it's a, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. And I can't handle it. I, I can't handle it. And it's coming out. Right? It's coming out like, oh, I can't, I can't do anything. I can't, I can't be happy until God answers. So his countenance fell. You know, even knowing like, shoot, the king is here and I can't help it. Do, do you see that? So this is the, the mature prayer. The mature prayer waits on the Lord and allows the Lord to first work in that person. He's not like trigger friendly. He's not trying to take situations in his own hands, if you will. He waits on the Lord. And if you if you ever make disciples and you make another disciple, you would, you know, in, in, in really everything that we do in faith, right? And I'm just relating to disciples, is you know you can't change a person. Right? If you're married, you can't change your wife, you can't change your husband. There's a lot of things you can't change. You can't change a person. 
right? And, and, and we, we will understand even more application-wise that we have to be like Nehemiah. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, but it has to start with me. Does it matter to me that this person really changed? How much does it matter to you? We see that it matters a lot to Nehemiah, right? And, and so, uh, so, so, man, I can tell you uh, examples after examples. I, I, I shared this with phone, you know, about a couple examples of discipleship where I knew something was, was not right with, but I can't call it out with this disciple because it will, it will injure him more than anything. Does that, does that make sense? Sometimes you can't really say something to a person because even though it's true, because it injures them more than it edifies them. Does, does that make sense to anyone? Okay. So, so what can I do? Wait on the Lord. And it was so powerful, you know, one of the sweetest moments uh, in, in my discipleship experience uh, was this person coming to me in tears, crying out and say, Andrew, I recognize this is happening in my life. I never have to say a word. I was just at the altar. I mean, I was praying myself. I wasn't, a, you know, I wasn't doing the normal altar. It was that cam actually. And I was like praying to God. And he just like, man, I gotta talk to you, man. I gotta talk to you. This is happening in my life. I'm full of pride. And I want to apologize that how I have, you know, conducted myself and everything. Our relationship was forever changed from that point forward. Discipleship was more powerful from that point forward. You see that? So these applications uh, is, 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 is so many, right, that we can think about. That. So key point number four, um, do not force the situation. But wait on the Lord. Okay? Do not force a situation, but wait on the Lord. Okay, so I'll keep reading the, the verses here. Um, verse 2, this is, this is now the king's response to his presence, right, to his countenance. So let's read verse 2. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad? Seeing thou art not sick. Hey, you're not sick. Why is your countenance sad? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. And he's right. And then here's Nehemiah. Then I was very sore afraid. Okay. And said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city... The place of my father's sepulchres lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? Whoa. <laughs> okay, so, wow. Okay, uh, it's amazing. Uh, so fear is a real thing, right? Uh, it's okay to have fear, if you will, uh, I mean, it's understandably, because, man, when you're approaching someone with authority to make your life a living hell, there's some fear, 
right? If you are meeting your boss and that boss could determine whether you get fired or not, ugh, I don't like that meeting, right? Or, 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 or if you're meeting, some of you might be going to a foreign country and you have to meet with a corrupt official. And that corrupt official is going to determine whether you get to stay or whether you get a $10,000, $20,000 fine or you get 20 years in jail. Man, that's... I would be afraid, you know, but, but it's amazing that, that Nehemiah didn't freeze, right? And, and we see that, uh, you know, this whole verses is, is Nehemiah's heart was strengthened, you know, it's a fulfillment of Psalm 27 verse 14. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. And he shall strengthen thy heart. And I see that in Nehemiah. He didn't freeze. He, he, he let it out. You know, his heart was strengthened. And he told the king what's going on. What's going on in his heart. Okay. And we see in verse 4 that now God is answering that specific prayer. Again, key. Specific prayer that Nehemiah asked for. What did he ask for? If we go back, he asked for mercy in the sight of this man. Mercy. Don't let God, don't let him kill me. Mercy. Okay. And, and, and God is now answering that specific prayer. And so this is important. It's not in the slide. But key point is we got to pray specifically. And when I say put your neck on the line, got to be specific. So when God answers it, you know. It's Him. It's not by luck. It's not by chance. It's not by coincidence. It was God who answered that prayer and you give Him all the glory. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And so, so now we see also in verse 4, when the king said unto him, right, what dost thou make request? And it's really interesting here. Uh, is, and so I prayed to the God of heaven. Right in the middle of that conversation. Nehemiah, what, what is your bidding? Uh, he's praying <laughs> to God of heaven. Right? And, and we don't have a lot of details here. What was, what was praying? Right? Uh, but, but what is interesting is that Nehemiah wanted to confer, discuss, pray with God before replying to the king. You see that? Before he, he gave that answer, he wants to confer with God, right? It is very likely that Nehemiah may have made some plans because his original prayer was to speak to the king. He probably like, I, have, ooh, I don't know what to ask him for. Mm, you know, how far should I go in asking? Is, is asking this too much or is asking that too much? Right? Maybe ask for some letters. Maybe just ask for like a holiday, you know, for 90 days and I'll check out the situation and, and see what happens, you know. Maybe ask for a bit of money but not a lot of money. Right? He may be thinking all kinds of stuff but he's like conferring to God. Like maybe, maybe that prayer is like, God, do I go all, the, all out? Do I go all out? And maybe God's answer is yes, go all out. And because that's what we're going to see. We're going to see that, 
And Nehemiah like went all out. And uh, okay, so so you know, so uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, I want to share the, the proverbs here uh, that, that is key in terms of application to us. Uh, it, Proverbs 16, 1 says, The preparation of the heart in man. Okay, so you prepare something to say, you know, your plans, whatever. And the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The answer, the, the, that, that time when you're going to press the trigger, that you're going to, that answer is from the Lord. But the preparation, you can think a thousand things. And so, so Nehemiah conferred with the Lord. He wants the answer that comes from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord waiteth the spirits. See, God knows what's going on. So Proverbs 16, 3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. So Nehemiah did that. He committed his works unto the Lord. He prayerfully, for four months, prayed, mourned, weep, rallied others to pray, commit thy work unto the Lord. And his thoughts are established. And he's very eloquent, right, in, in explaining to the king what he wanted and the timeline and so on and so on. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. And that's what Nehemiah was also doing. He was acknowledging God the whole way. And again, uh, we can read that, uh, uh, you know, in, in verse 5 to 6 here in a bit. But key point 5, I want to bring up this point of having a continual relationship with God. Okay, so I, I kind of phrase it like this. I hope it makes sense. I say maintain a stable relationship with God so you can make the best decisions at all times. Okay? Maintain a stable relationship with God. I should make, I could maybe say intimate relationship. I say stable because sometimes our relationship go up and down. Sometimes we read a Bible, sometimes we don't read a Bible. Sometimes we pray, and sometimes we don't pray. That's unstable. A stable relationship means, man, you are communing with God. And then, not only you're communing with God in your quiet time, but actually throughout the day, you are still acknowledging Him. Like you're doing stuff, you could be doing something else, but man, He's like right here. Right? Someone told me an illustration, like it's like you, you have like your best friend and your driving to Colorado and it takes many hours. You don't have to speak everything and everything for that whole duration of the time, but, but you guys are in sync. And when you talk, you're like, you're back at where you need to be. You're in sync. And that's what I mean by stable relationship. And that stable relationship allows Nehemiah to tap into God like that. And many times that's not possible for you and me because we regard iniquity in our heart. Right? We have done something, we have sinned somewhere, we have lost that connection, you know, because we didn't pray, we didn't uh, spend time in His Word with Him, and so we don't have something with Him, and so we're not meditating, we're not in tune, and so when I'm like, I don't know how to make this decision. Does that make sense? I don't know how to make that decision, and I, I call out on the Lord, but then my because I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You see that? That's, that's what he said. 
He said, if you regard me good in my heart, uh, I want to hear you. You got to better deal with it first. And that's why we need to have this stable relationship with him in order for us to make good decisions. In fact, I would say even best decision at all times, always. And so then, then if we do that, man, then that best decision is going to compound and compound and compound and there'll be a big difference in your life, right? Because it starts with small, good decisions that compound over time. And that's why 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, uh, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And then of course, here we know that Paul is not saying like, you know, uh, God, I want to pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray. Oh, God, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not asking us to do this chant, right? Because you're going to run out of stuff to pray, right? You're going to run out of, 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 of your voice, your vocal cord. It's not that. We know that. But you acknowledge Him. He's there. You are in communion. You're, there's frequency. You know, everything we talked about, it is as if God is with you at all times, as He intended to be. And that's why He sent His Holy Spirit to dwell with you at all times. But again, remember, this Holy Spirit can be quenched. Meaning like you can disturb that relationship. And again, God's like, ah, you're not dealing right. You better deal with that first before you want blessing. Okay, so last year I'm going to read verse 5 to 8 and just give you that, that, that ending to this part of the story. And this is where Nehemiah went all out. Okay, it's a happy ending. I like that. Uh, okay, so verse 5. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchre, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And when will thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. See, Nehemiah was a planner. Here he kind of figure it out. Verse 7, Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey, okay, let me pass, convey, is let him pass, over till I come into Judah. So you need to know that from Susha to all the way to Jerusalem in Judah is about 3,000 kilometers, okay? For those who are Asian, you know kilometers. For the Amer Americans, it's like 1,800 miles. 1,800 miles is as if you're traveling from Kansas City to San Francisco. So it's a long journey, and you are passing through present-day Iran and Iraq to go to Jerusalem. And so there's a lot of like rulers and like, hey, you know, Nehemiah is pretty smart. It's like he's getting the special seal and letter, and like, if you mess with my guy, right? Because Middle Persia, like, is the the power, right? Is at that time. So like, oh, oh, you're from Artaxerxes? Please, please, this way, you know, this way. You want tea? Yes, tea, you know. So Nehemiah is like figuring it out, man. He is like got a plan going. Right? And, not, and, and even not that, he kept going. And a letter 
unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace. Now he's like, king, you can fund this too. <laughs> right? And so now he's asking like, for the king's forest, for timber. And so he's like, man, fund this whole thing, king. Man, you're a great king. And God's like softening this king's heart. And the king is like, yeah, man, for sure. You know? Which appertained to the house, you know, and for the wall of the city. So the house was the, was the temple. There's in Jerusalem. Maybe they, they need more beams there. I don't know. And for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me. See? And, and this is the, the, the finale. Okay? And I, like, I really like this. According, right? Not to the graciousness of the king. Not to the mercy of the king. Not, oh, how sweet is the king. Oh, how understanding is the king. But it's actually the king of kings. Okay, according to the good hand of my God upon me. You see that? Wow. Like it wasn't the king. It wasn't Nehemiah. It was God. Isn't that the type of ministry that you and I want to be part of? I want to be part of a ministry where I can't explain it, you know, other than the hand of God was good. Right? The hand of God was with me. The hand of God was not heavy because it was heavy with the Philistine. They're like, ooh, take the ark out. We can't handle it. It's like everyone is in trouble. But when the hand of God is with you, is for you, even the king will say, yes, sir, as you wish, according to the hand of God upon upon you. You see that? So I, I want to kind of summarize everything we talked about from the two weeks ago till now. I want us to remember this is not like a, an accident. Like suddenly the hand of God was upon Nehemiah. It was a culmination of everything we talked about. Right? From, from, the, from God, you know, Give, you know, raising up this man and pleading with God in fasting, in prayer, in mourning, in crying for certain days, rallying people to pray with him, praying big prayers, putting his neck on the line. I want stake on the line. Like, I want, you know, I, I'm vested in this, God. I'm for real. I want to take you seriously. Right? All those other things that we, we just talked about. So, so um, put up, put up the, yeah. So all that key point, right, was from two weeks ago and and last week. All those steps that we see, that culmination led to this time. You see, you see what I'm saying. So there is a process. There is a process because God says, "Would you take me seriously? Would you take me seriously?" Like, don't do one-off emotional prayer and call it done. You see what I'm saying? It is a process. God's like, prove, prove it out. You're serious, prove it out. Are you fasting? Are you really, like, are you denying self? Because self is very strong in you. Self is saying, I want entertainment all the time. 
you know, on demand. I want this, I want that, and I can't do this, I can't do that for God because I am too busy, I'm too, it's always me, 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 me. Right? Oh, God, like, you, you don't take me seriously. So why should my hand be upon you? Right? Why should it? So I want you to understand that it's a culmination of all of these things. Right? And you can review them. That, that, that the hand of God was upon Nehemiah. Okay, so I'll summarize this with Psalm 37 and verse 4, and then we're going to pray and, and, and break up in groups to pray about what God has shown us through Nehemiah. Okay, uh, so, so the psalm here is Psalm 37 and verse 4. It says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. <clears throat> Nehemiah had everything in his heart. Like he desired, he got it. He got it. His heart was aligned with God. What is delight? Delight is to soften yourself. To make yourself pliable. Pliable means you, you can be molded. You can be softened. Right? Because like humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He shall exalt you in due time. Right? And so, so man, don't we want that? Right? Don't we want that? And so, so there you go. He has everything that He needs and more from the King because He's a man of prayer. Right? He's a man that is of compassion. And he's a man of action. Okay? Man of action. Because man, he he acted out his prayer. Right? And so we're going to continue that action more the next time we meet. Uh, but I just want to challenge you, right? Uh, man, to consider Nehemiah prayer life. Right? Man, let us consider. Right? I'm preaching to myself. Right? Man, I want that kind of prayer life. I want that kind of zeal for the things of God. God, please. And, and we see that God used Nehemiah mightily. You know? And he wasn't a pastor, a priest, or anything. But God used him mightily.